And hello, my name is Denise Lee, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast, where we improve your mindset and your money. And in today's episode, I have a very special guest. We met through LinkedIn. He is just, I love him. He's like, he loves sports and family and fun. It's just going to be really good. His name is Ferris Asakrai. And please forgive me if I didn't pronounce it quite right, (laughs) but he is beyond Anything that I've ever met in terms of a selling professional, he combines, you know, faith and family and, you know, the love of sports and just really the idea of community and growing. And I think we're going to have a really good conversation together. And I'm hoping that everyone who's listening can just write a lot of good notes because I think I'm going to be taking notes myself to make sure that I'm not missing out on any details. So before I dive into anything else, Faras, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Denise, for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped and very excited to be with you today. He was so pumped. He was like, tell me all the questions that you have to ask ahead of time. I'm like, okay, okay. So I just scrambled writing down everything in front, in front of me. <laughs> um, for those who don't know you, can you give like everyone like a, like a brief rundown of like your experience in Dubai and just, you know, cultures in America and just kind of everything about like how you arrived to where you are today. Yeah, thank you, Denise. Uh, I was actually born in Dubai, but I grew up in Jordan. Uh, That's where my dad is from. And uh, 20 years ago, after I finished my undergrad in finance, I decided to come to United States to visit my mom for only two weeks. And uh, I ended up staying. So this is the longest vacation I've taken in my life. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I decided just to stay here and maybe finish my MBA and just go through uh, the course. And uh, looking back, I've been here for 20 years and it was the best decision I made. I had, you know, I, I can talk all day long about my uh, career and, and life, but uh, I, uh, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I work for corporate at the same time and I'm a dad and husband uh, to my lovely wife. So I'm trying to uh, do all of them at the same time. It's a lot of work, but it's fun. I enjoy it every day. So that's my life uh, in a nutshell. You know, how do you kind of balance your family life with your career? Like, for example, your son gets sick, right? Or your wife needs to go to do something like, and then maybe you have an important meeting later today. Like, how do you balance all of those things? Well, uh, when someone figured this out, I would love to see the recipe because I would love to take it. Um, it's a, it's not a black and white answer. So, but I would say being organized, it's, it does help a lot. Like, uh, I hate to say this one, but my day is programmed from the minute I wake up until I go to bed. And, and that's really the, the, success, the, the best tip I can share with people, just be organized. I wake up at 4 a.m., and that gives me an edge between four and six. Before anyone wakes up, I'm already ahead of the game. Uh, organize my inbox. I have my to-do list, to-do list ready. You know, I hit the gym in the morning. So those few hours will, you know, help me a, a lot. But, you know, sometimes a crisis happens. You know, wife calls me. Son is sick. I have an emergency meeting. I have to juggle and, and move things around. But I would say the organization and the time management that I have during the week, that saves me. And sometimes with all of that, I still struggle and make mistakes and, and I get behind like anyone else. But organization, time management, having a robust to-do list. And, you know, I, and, and I keep in mind that what's the goal for every week? Like what I want to accomplish this week? And I start that every Sunday evening. 
Like I have my to-do list for the week. This is what I'm going to do uh, for my corporate, my family, everything. And I try to execute during the week. So the planning happens on Sunday and the execution during the week. Things happen. They have to adjust. But uh, that's what I do every week. You know, I've learned a lot of people who say, I create the schedules, I try my best, and everything just falls apart, and it just spirals into just this garbage pile of resentment and anger and all that, all those things in between. Like, how do you keep yourself focused when those things that don't go according to plan, like, how do you keep it moving afterwards? Um, you know, sometimes I have to make the choice that, hey, I was planning on doing this, but it's not going to happen. So I put it behind me. I go to the next one. I used to do, uh, and uh, it's funny. I used to, like, when something bad happened, I will do well on it, and it will impact the whole week. Like, I wanted to, you know, work out Monday, Tuesday, and I skipped Tuesday because of something. And before you know it, I'm not working out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because I skipped Tuesday for something. But now, like, I got to a point, if it's not working, I fail. I fail fast. I put it behind me. I go to the next one. I don't let the failure or the things happen today and back tomorrow. And I came a long way. It's, it's, it wasn't easy. I used to do well on issues. And when something happens that wasn't planned, it will, uh, it will impact me. But I had to change my mindset. Like, hey, life is all about challenges. So if you're going to let one challenge impact uh, the next step, uh, boy, I'm not going anywhere. And uh, and I practice. I tried to practice one after the, you know day after day, and, and 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 it took me trial and errors until I got to a point where I'm mentally ready to 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 uh, to stop those challenges from impacting the future. And I actually, uh, funny you said, mentioned uh, LinkedIn. I put something on LinkedIn that maybe four months ago that. I was experiencing something that dwelling me for a week because I failed to do something. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to remind myself and I'm going to put it out there on LinkedIn so I can read it every time I go to LinkedIn. So, hey, listen, this is important. Don't let the past impact the future. I don't (laughs) I love that. You know, you mentioned something that I really love about you and your presence on LinkedIn is that you are not afraid to talk about like, I've messed up or I'm struggling with this or I'm going through these issues. And like, I see so many people like want to run away from that. Like what makes you kind of lean into it and just say like, Hey, I'm not perfect. And that's okay. That's uh, actually, it's a beautiful question, Denise. Um, when I wanted to, uh, to, to be active on LinkedIn, uh, the goal was just, I just want to share my experience, help people out and, uh, and share, you know, things I've done in the past 20 years. But throughout the process, I found that I'm helping myself more than anyone else. It's like self-healing process. I know it sounds weird and interesting, but sometimes when I talk about my experience and putting myself out there, hoping someone will, will pick up on it, hopefully someone will take this tip and run with it. But actually, I'm helping myself because it's helping me speak loud about my challenges. And it's so humbling experience. And it's so I'm I'm vulnerable sometimes, like I'm uncomfortable putting it out there. But I push myself and I do it. And the minute I do it, I feel good. So it's interesting how my journey on LinkedIn started that I want to help people. In the process, I'm helping myself more than anything else. I know it sounds selfish, but really that's the truth. It is. And I mean, 
once I remember just looking at one post, I wanted to see another and another and another because it was like, oh my gosh, this is mind blowing. I can relate. I can understand. I can sympathize. I've been there. Like I'm not alone, right? And yeah, even though you're helping yourself, you're else you're helping your helping others. You're helping yourself in the process, right? Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Every post I put out there, it's something I thought about, something I experienced, something I'm struggling with. And I don't know if you noticed, but I read every single comment comes to any post. And I love it when people become vulnerable and honest and they come forward and they, sh they share their experience because it does help me. Because to be honest, uh, Denise, I think one of the best things people can take for self-healing journeys is just to speak up and speak out and share their experience. And once you know that you're not on your own, other people are having it, it's the first relief that, hey, it's not just me. I'm not just going crazy. Other people are seeing it. Then next step is finding solutions and, and execution and, and so forth. But first step, step you have to admit uh, what's happening with you, put it out there, and, and, and go from there. And that's what LinkedIn, LinkedIn has been doing doing for me. You know, I've seen a lot of posts, right? And I see, the most posts that I see get the most traction are not the posts that are promotional or like, call me today, I've got this new program. It's the, the posts that talk about like, I've struggled with this, or this is how I overcame this, or just giving value, right? Because I think that attracts people so much more. Because I think that's how I was attracting you. You were just giving value. You didn't care who was consuming the content. Absolutely. I did not have any target audience. I don't have a business behind LinkedIn. The only thing I'm doing on LinkedIn is I, I feel I have something to share. Um, I'm sharing it with people. And the only hope I have every day after each post that people see it. Uh, engage with it. And I hope one day if I help one person on LinkedIn, the mission is accomplished. If one person respond to a comment and say, this is good, I'm good. Even if a million people after that said the same thing, I'm satisfied after the first reply. Honestly, this is exactly how I feel about every post I put on LinkedIn. One post, just one person is impacted. That just makes your day, right? So yes. good. So uh, that's good. how I feel at least. So good. Can can I ask you why do you like talking about sports so much? Sports analogies. Um, I grew up playing sports. Even though I'm short, I'm like five seven. I'm sitting here; you cannot see it. But I played soccer all my life. I played uh, uh, basketball, and I was on the swimming team. Um, I love sport, generally speaking. So to me, being on a sport team. Uh, it adds a lot to your life. So I manage sales all my life. I've been sales all my life. And to me, um, if you want to do well in sales or in, on any team, just I, I want to isolate this to sales only, you have to do two things to succeed. First, um, you have to be individually, you know, you have to work on your individual skill set. And you have to be a strong player. You have to upgrade yourself. You have to practice and get good at it every day. And you cannot uh, settle at any point. At the same time, and it's as important as the first one, is you have to understand how to be, to be a team player. Because if you are good, you could be the best athletes. But if you don't connect and work well with the other teammates, the team will never win. So 
I always use this analogy at work. You have to be good. You own your career on your own. You have to be good every day and you, you practice and, and you have to get stronger and, and upgrade your skill set and do more. But at the same time, you have to understand doing that enough is not going to make us win as a team. Everyone on the team has to believe in both things. And so I believe sports bring a lot to my life. And that's why I use this analogy on, um, on LinkedIn to help me convey the message. I use it in, in real life. Like every day I coach my team, we talk about sales, we talk about, you know, how can we be a good team player? And to me, that's what it takes to be successful. So let's talk about, I mean, for those of us who, who do have employees, this is really good. I really dig deep into this conversation is that how do we teach people and our team that we are a collective and not just individual superstars? Um, I don't know if there is a, a short answer to this. Um, I, I want to use an example. In the past, I managed a sales team. And I felt that, you know, everyone at the end of the day, they care about their own performance and they care about their own destiny and what they're going to do and, and so forth. So as a leader of that team, I was looking for ways, how can I bring the team closer to each other? And how can we get this uh, cohesive uh, union, one team trying to accomplish the results? At the same time, everyone has, a, has an opportunity to shine, right? So you can't treat everyone the same. So I, look, I used to look for activities like how can we as a team go volunteer somewhere outside the workspace so we can get to, get to know each other and get to do something good for the community. But along the way, we can, we can really bond as a team. Activities like that, I used to do that a lot during the year. Hey, listen, let's go ahead and, and maybe serve this, this, uh, this shelter or this, is, this, this, you know, uh, this organization and be outside work. We, can, we, we don't have to talk about work and sales. And that, those activities used to help. I used to like, run sales huddles during the week in meetings and ask people to speak up, to share their practices and help people on the team. And you do that often enough, you do it in, the, in good frequency, it will bring people to, to help each other. And I don't know about you, but I haven't seen anyone who is not willing to help, help others on the team. Like when you ask someone, hey, can you share your best practice? Can you share something that could help all of us? People jump on it. I've never seen someone who refuses to do that. But sometimes as a leader, I have to, I have to enable this on the team. I have to ask people to do it. So those are activities, and then sometimes you have to reward people. Hey, thank you for helping us with this. Hey, Susan, your tip was phenomenal for the team. And when, re when you reinforce these things with a team, people like it, and they, they want to do it more and more. So it's not one activity, it's not one step, and it's not one month. It's going to happen over time. And sometimes you'll find people who resist this. And you have to come to the tough decisions. Hey, do you want to be part of this or do you want to be on your own somewhere else? And you have to make those choices and it's tough. But I, from my limited experience, people want to help and people want to be on a team. People want to feel that they belong to a team. And that comes with people liking to work on teams. So it's hard not to find people outside this. But as a leader, you just need to combine them and help them keep this in the right place. At least that's my two cents on this. 
I like that. I love that a lot. You know, I was as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, for those of you guys who are just starting off and you don't have any team members, right? Like, please take a strong listen to what we're talking about because you set the culture, you set the tone for when you do bring on people, even if this is a contractor, right? You are telling people like setting the stage for like, yes, we are dispelling, we're dispelling knowledge, we're, we're sharing, we're learning so that for the benefit of all of us, right? And we have to have that mindset as leaders in order to set the stage for just a positive and a growing environment. So good. Um, can I just add one more thing? Yeah. I truly believe the leader of the team is the culture. This is where this, the culture starts. Everyone brings something from home, but uh, culture starts starts at the at the top and cascade down on any team. So if you want to have a good culture, start with yourself, and your team will feed off of it. And mm-hmm. and of course, be be stubborn on the mission, flexible on the way. Yeah, you know, so, but just that's how culture starts. You know, it's funny you say that because I have heard so often, like I think about, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Steve Jobs um, from Apple. And he had a chaotic family life. Um, for those of you who don't know, he disowned his his daughter for the longest time to even acknowledge it was her, it was her. And um he had a turbulent uh, relationship with his wife and all that stuff spilled over into how he ran Apple. And I, I think this needs to be said and it needs to be said often. You can't have a fabulous career or, or team or anything. And your family life is in chaos and ruins. Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, it's interesting you mentioned Steve Jobs. Uh, I read his book, and it's uh, it's so interesting looking at Steve Jobs on the stage and all the accomplishment, and then reading his book to see the challenges that he faced and how he came through and what was the final product. We look at the final product, we assume people just, it was an easy journey, but it wasn't, and we all have to go through it, whether we like it or not. I um I definitely feel like character is built through adversity, but I also like I want to pivot and talk to you about moments of you know balancing things like balancing with our with our faith and balancing with our family and digging d- deeper about balancing with relationships um, because it is we can be the most innovative and the most successful and, and everything like that. But if we don't have that balance, things just go in haywire. Like how do you have balance specifically like for like your own inner peace and your own inner calm? Um, it's all about balance in, 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 in my opinion. And, um, and, and if you don't have the right balance, a balance between work uh, business, uh, personal life, relationships. Um, that's when mistakes happen. That's when uh, craziness happen. Um, but to me is, and and it wasn't like this growing up. Is authenticity to me is is important. Sometimes you know because of the need we have to belong to something. We have to fit in. We have to we have to join the group. I want to be in the club. So we we seem to change things. 
we change ourselves. We change how we think. We say the things we, we want people to hear. But in reality, it does not reflect who we are. So I would say in the past five, six years, I am more and more concerned and more focused on how can I be authentic mm. in conversations and meetings and relationships. You know, I don't want to act anymore. I don't want to just walk into the room trying to fit in because everyone is doing this. I no longer interested in this. And I and I know I'm being vulnerable here, but lots of people face this. They they change and they act because they want to fit in. I, I no longer care about this, even if it costs me things. I want to be myself. Of course, I'm not saying that I just want to, hey, this is the way I am and I'm not going to change. No, I will evolve, upgrade myself, become the best version of myself every day. But throughout the, the process, I don't want to lose my authenticity. I want to be for us the way I am as much as I can. We always talk about authenticity. I want to ask you, what does that really look like? Does it say I had a headache or I did, and I yelled at my wife? You know, like, what does that really look like on a day-to-day basis? Because I think a lot of people are hearing those buzzwords. I want to show up and I want to be me. But what does that look like in a professional sense? Um, being, uh, for example, um, uh, having a conversation with your boss, right? Like you're at work, you have a boss, and your boss believes in something. You have the choice at that point to do two things, get aligned and say, you know what, I agree with you. That's what we should do. Or I'm just using this as an example. I'm not maybe I'm not using the right example, but or you could be authentic and say the truth and tell exactly how you feel. Do you really agree or do you have a different opinion and different opinions sometimes is good, but sometimes sometimes people, they just get along because they, they don't like conflict. They don't like to disagree with people. They, you know, they, they they fear of losing. That's why they get along. They get aligned. It's so easy to get aligned, and it takes everything to stand alone. I, to me, from my experience, I know times, and I'm not standing, sitting here telling you, I I, I was the guy in multiple occasions in the past where like, I just want to be in. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with everyone. Mm-hmm. And yes, uh, but I no longer do that, or at least I'm trying not to, because being authentic is important. I think for a lot of us, we're afraid of being rejected, or criticized, or ostracized, or put on the spotlight, you know, or being cast aside. And I think it's really hard, especially as an entrepreneur, right? Because you're already putting yourself out there and you already have that fear of like, I don't know how this is going to go down, right? And then like, if I say the right, th- wrong things, I'm going to lose followers. I'm going to lose, you know, clients if I'm being too honest. But I don't feel like we're helping or serving without being honest. It's beautiful. I can't say it better than you, uh, Denise. And from my experience, people like authenticity. Even your clients, when they get to know you and the way you are, and and you are a, a so open with them, and this is you're not acting, and the way they see you in the office, the way they see you outside the office, people um, like that, and they are attracted to it. 
Of course, along the way, you might run into that person who might disagree with you or you might, they might not like who you are, and that's fine. But I'd rather to please the 95% and lose 5% than being the others. Yeah, you know, the other way of gaining 5% and losing the 95 because I'm not being authentic. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a big it's a big word. And, and maybe we're not using the right examples in, in this podcast just to explain it, but I know it's important. I think it is important. I think that losing that 5%, they were dead weight anyway. They were going to buy any of your stuff anyway. I mean, I always tell people all the time, like thinking about LinkedIn, for example, like I don't ask for followers. I don't ask for um, LinkedIn connections. And I'll explain why. The reason why I don't do it is because the, the way the social algorithms are worked, if you have people who are attached onto you that aren't engaging with you and they don't like you, right? Your post, your content can't be shared to as many people as possible. That actually drains you down. So I actually welcome people who unfollow me or disconnect from me. I'm like, good. That invites more people who like my brand, my style into my world. And not losing the forest from the trees and not seeing the bigger picture. Like we're not meant to serve everybody. That's not how this works. We're only meant to serve a specific person with our unique gifts. I'm sorry. Let me let me stop talking. This is your time, not my time. <laughs> no, I love it. No, no, I'm listening to you. And I, I, I was hoping that you will talk more than me today so I can learn from you too. But uh, you're bringing up a, an interesting uh, point on LinkedIn because... You will see those, not everyone will like your post. And if you are in business to please everyone on LinkedIn, uh, this is the, in my opinion, the wrong assumption. And you will struggle a lot. However, um, I like to, I like to put my content on in front of people who has the same mission of me, but that's hard with LinkedIn. Let's say what millions of people on LinkedIn, it's hard to pick and choose who's going to read your, your post. So I challenge myself when people come to my post and they disagree with me, I like to hear them out and understand why they disagree. Because uh, whether I like it or not, it's a learning experience. When people agree, it's easy. They have the same pain. When people disagree, they have different opinion, they have different pain. What am I missing here? And it's really, it's coaching for me. And I'll, I'll be honest, the first few times when people disagreed with me, it hurt me. I was like, gosh, I felt like I did well here, but still people don't like this. But now I'm doing better on and taking this as a feedback or a different perspective. Opinions matter and opinions are different. And I can't just force my content to everyone. I have to be open. I have to be open-minded so people can give me their feedback. And it's a collaboration. People going to come from different background, authenticity, different, uh, you know, uh, education, family style and experience. So they're going to speak from that angle and I have to be open to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. It, in fact, I think it's a, uh, an honor for someone to even spend time stopping the scroll and say, I disagree with this. Right. Do you know how much energy that is when they could just quickly like just scroll through their screen? And that's a compliment. Yeah. Because my post, my opinion was 
interesting enough that made that person to stop and tell me how they feel. And I'm honored. I'm honored that they did that. Honestly, like it, it feels good when you have someone, regardless what their their opinion is, to stop by your your post and say something to you. Yeah. So yeah. no, it's it's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So just 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 take it. Just 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 go with it. I'm like, thank you for stopping by. That's an interesting perspective. Thank you for sharing. You know, because there's a zillion and one things they could be looking at, but they chose even the hate mail. Even the hate mail. Because I I, I want to. <laughs> I'm laughing because I didn't think we were going to talk about this because I want to, I think it's really important that we talk about this now. And I know you've experienced this probably more times than often, right? Where you think you're doing the right thing. You're showing up, you're sharing your knowledge. And there's just someone who just wants to discredit you for no good reason. Like you could for no good reason. And not making that about you. I know, like, for those of you who are, like, listening via audio, like, Ferris has, like, the grinness, like, this biggest face, like, yes, tell me about it. Like, let's talk about that right now. Because I think that's a big fear that a lot of entrepreneurs face. Feel of rejection. I think you mentioned this a few minutes ago. And you have to stop and make the choice that I am going to be okay. So one of the things, as it's so interesting topic, one of the things they tell you being in sales from day one, you have to handle the word no. Because sales starts when the customer says no. If the customer says yes, you're not selling. You're just giving the, you're just fulfilling orders. And that's not sales. So, and, and I got to learn this very early in my career that if I want to do well in sales, I have to accept and be okay when people tell me no. And, and even though being in sales and I embrace this and I actually enjoy it, actually it become a game that I want to turn this no to a yes. And it become, that's why I'm, I'm in sales. But my first post on LinkedIn or a few posts and when people rejected me, I did not connect the dot. I was like, this is tough. So if I'm going to put myself out there, I have to, I have to accept this. But then after a few posts, I, I, w- I was able to take a step back and connect the dot. Okay, this is a no. This is a different opinion. This is a different perspective. And I've got to be open to it. And I, I, I am actually, I am very open to it and actually welcome people who disagree with me. So we can uh, elaborate and collaborate and back and forth hoping someone will see that interaction and, and, and take something from it. Because at the end of the day, everything we're doing is we're sharing content, hoping this content will resonate with someone who can benefit from it. That's the ultimate goal to me. Yeah. And um, you mentioned something earlier I just wanted to uh, kind of dig deeper on is that someone's looking at your interaction. You're not existing in a bubble or it's just between you and that and the, the commenter, and everybody's reading it, and everybody's ooh, and they're going through their filters, and you're thinking, I hope they're thinking things the same way I'm thinking things, but I'm not exactly sure, you know. You are not in in a bubble on LinkedIn at all, even though you might not see. So this is the interesting piece. I have talked to so many people about my posts that they'd never liked or engaged with it. 
So the people who actually take the time to click like or dislike or love it or they write a comment, that's portion of the people who actually read the post, but they don't engage. So it's way more bigger than the five likes you got on the post or 10 likes. I've really seen so many people, they bring up posts. When I go back to that post and they'd never touched it, they'd never, but they read it. And so I always tell myself and the people I, you know, I interact with that you don't know who is reading your posts. Because hmm. yeah. it could be way more than you think. Actually, to be honest with you, I'm sure my post, um, one of the things that triggered you to schedule this podcast with me and to be honest, just excuse me saying this, I did not know you or I did not pay attention to when you engaged with my post. Maybe I have, but I have so many people on my LinkedIn. And this is the outcome of my posts. So imagine how many people out there are reading your post, but they're not doing anything with it. Yeah. So, I mean, for those who are listening, this is, this is like a message to you that you need to be putting your stuff out there consistently. It doesn't matter if you don't get a like or a comment or anything. I've had people too, just building on what you're saying for us. It's like, I've had people message me, messaging me about things I posted a week ago that they never even reacted to. You see? Yeah. Most people, I think everyone should understand this, is that most people are passive consumers. And that's just the way the world is. Most people don't want to stick their head out. Most people don't want any attention called to them. I think about my husband, like, for example, where he has accounts on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook, and he has never liked or commented on a single post from anyone in his network. And I asked him, like, why would you do that? He was like, I just don't want anyone to pay attention to me. I want to learn, but I don't want anyone to pay attention to me. Very interesting. And actually, I am the same on other social medias. Like I have Facebook account, me and my wife, and she's active in liking and making comments. And I'm the passive, I'm on the passenger seat, just watching, you know, what's happening, getting up to speed on my friend's life event and so forth. But I don't engage. And if you flip to LinkedIn, I'm so engaged. I comment, I engage with people. So uh, I could be, I could argue both ways, but, but that's the reality, you know? You know, everyone is different in how they consume and how they engage with content. Yeah, um, I think about, for, for those uh, who don't know me, like I, I was just saying that this is my second pass in LinkedIn. I had, you know, I, I, I didn't have a sizable following before, but I, it was decent enough. And then LinkedIn shut me down because that's a whole longer story. And I'm back again. And it's so funny. I had people come to me and they're like, well, let me help you grow your LinkedIn profile. Let me show you how it's done. I'm like, and they make assumptions based on my small number. And they don't think that I don't understand how the game goes or how I even, I, I coach people and tell people how to do it. I think a lot of people make assumptions based on follower accounts or assumptions based on certain posts that, that that's the totality of someone. When there's so much back end, if we converse and engage, we'll learn so much more about each other and our skill sets and everything about one another. Um, it's just very fascinating how we behave differently on certain platforms and other. Like I, I personally um, link Twitter is my my place. I love to be. I like the faster interactions. I like the instant comments back and forth. I don't. It's more of a slower draw on LinkedIn. I, 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 
So, but the point I'm trying to make is that you just have to find a platform that you like, that you can engage with, and then you can build your community and not just get wrapped up on, I only have to be one place and not the other. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it, uh, to me, sometimes it comes down to what type of content you're looking for and um, what type of engagement you'd like to participate in. Uh, I find LinkedIn because it's a more business-oriented type of platform. Um, I, I just find myself engaging more. Even I've been on LinkedIn for 15 plus years. From the beginning of LinkedIn, I opened an account and I've been. I just recently, in the past year or so, I decided just to take it a step further. But that content on LinkedIn, being a professional, working for corporate, I'm an entrepreneur on the side. So LinkedIn gives me lots of content, helps me understand the trends, helps me understand what people are talking about, what's important to people, what's out there. So that type of content interests me. So I, I find myself proactively going into, into those content and engaging because it's just a treat my interest. Hmm. You use a lot of video in your, your post. Can... Can I, I know there's a lot of different ways for, for those of you who don't know, you can do um, slide decks, like, you know, pictures, or you can use a single picture, you can use a video, um, or you can make text only. I'm, I, I'm a more of a text person, but can I ask you why video for you? Um, I'm trying to diversify my content. And this year I decided to do more. I'm going to do uh, content. I might do, I'm going to do self videos at some point. Um, but I don't know if I told you this. Um, I learned English by watching movies. Hmm. Uh, when I decided to, to stay in the United States, I did not speak the language. You could argue I still don't, but I'm doing much better than what I did 20 years ago. And, and the way I learned English, it was by watching probably over 2,000 movies my first few years. So watching a movie, a movie or a video means a lot to me personally. That's how I learned the language. So every time I run into a good video that I could connect the video with a business-related topic or self-development topic, it, it resonates well with me. And I was hesitant at the beginning to do it on LinkedIn, but after a few videos, People engaged really well, and they showed me that what I like, they like. So I'm, I gravitate very quickly to videos, but I'm trying to diversify this one because I know I could speak to more people who like to see it in a different format. So I'm going to test and try different ways this year. And whatever works that people like and I can connect and reach people more, I'm going to use. But videos, just to me, it just it was, I'm selfish saying it, but it helps me uh, helped me in the past, and I and I thought it will help people, and uh, so far it, it's working, I guess. Yeah, um, definitely video. I mean, bar none, can reach a lot of people faster than just text. Personally, I I prefer text only because that's where I shine. Is just only text. When I'm doing videos, my eyes will scatter all over the place, and then my my eyes will go left or right when I'm trying to search. So it's just it's just a hot mess, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that's why I prefer, <laughs> and this is total transparency. That's why I prefer that. Can, can you tell to me about why you select connecting with certain people other than in comparison to others? Like what, what kind of draws you to connect with certain people? 
on not just LinkedIn, but just anywhere in general. Because I think it's really important for everyone who's listening to understand that quality, certain qualities are just magnetic in comparison to others. Um, it's a good question. On LinkedIn, honestly, I, I, I'm open to connect with anyone who wants to share content with me and open to see my content. So if we both have the same um, desire, I'm open to connect with anyone. And actually, I'm more attracted to connect with people who are different than me hmm. uh, lately than I ever been. Because it's, that's, that's what I, how I'm learning about other people, other culture, um, diversity, and I just, it just means a lot to me. But in real life, like, I can't have a thousand friends around me. I'm more, I'm more attracted or I'm more open to connect with people who share the same mission like me. I'm not saying mission, like, precisely the same mission. But they want to do something in their life. It could be different goals, but they are working towards something. I'm attracted to connect with those people more than anything else because, you know, um, life is tough and accomplishing your goals is not easy. I don't know how people, you know, when people jump on the stage and they made billions, their life was hell for years before they got there. So for me to accomplish my goal, I like to align myself with people who share the mission so we can feed off each other, motivate each other. I like to see them as a support system. So if we have different missions or we have different things in life, it's hard for us to connect and move forward together. I just feel like the support system and people who share the mission, regardless where they come from, what their background, who are they, I could care less. I care about where are we going in life? Can we help each other? Let's connect. And it's, that's why every post I put on LinkedIn, I always wrap up the post by let's connect and grow together. And what I mean by then, by this one is, if you share a mission that you'd like to be a support system for each other, I'm wide open. I don't care who you are. Just join me on the trip and let's do it together. It, so for you, and I think for a lot of people who are in leadership position, it's just sleeking out people that exude some type of mission, some type of focus, some type of journey. They're not just kind of passive. They're, they really want to learn, explore, and connect, right? Because how many people out there are just spinning wheels doing nothing, right? You could, just, you could just tell from the way that they talk, the things that they talk about. They're not really engaged. They're not really showing up. Or they just post things just to, you know, self-promote themselves and run. But you could tell, like, I'm interested to learn about that. They'll say things like, I'm interested to learn about that. Can you tell me more? Can you explain? Like, they are really curious. For me, I'm really attracted to curious people. And you mentioned something really interesting that I want to kind of drive down on is that you wanted to connect with someone who doesn't necessarily think the way you think, right? But they can think. Yeah. I may not agree with you, but it's clear you're thinking, Oh, absolutely. Actually, uh, if you ask me the question, what is the most characteristics of, 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 of a person who wants to be successful? I would say curiosity. Mm. I'm attracted to someone who's curious because mm -hmm. everything we see around us, uh, Denise, is someone was curious at some point in the past and they moved from curiosity to execution and they came up with a product. So... Yes, I absolutely love to talk to people, connect with people who are curious, 
who are looking for answers, who are asking questions. And I'm adding questions to the table all the time. And I'm trying to provide answers. So a relationship will be successful if we both are asking questions. We both are trying to find answers. And along the way, we can connect. And uh, definitely, uh, this is an important one. But I back to your question about define, you know, what 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 interests me in connecting with people. When I said mission, what I, I meant by that is they're not, as you said, sitting on their ass trying. Excuse my language here. Trying just <laughs> it's to okay. just uh, collaborate and push back, trying to push back on people and just argue for the sake of argument. People who are looking for content people who are really trying to learn and, uh, and, and, and their mission is, is, is to learn something from LinkedIn. And that's when I come in, I can share my perspective at the same time I'm open enough to, to hear your perspective so we can learn from each other. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I love your honesty. Like I, now that we're getting more warmed up, like we're really getting to this. <laughs> so awesome. I gosh, Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm, we, we've got to talk again because this is, I could tell this is going to be really good and juicy in the future. But for those of you who are listening audio, how can people find you, learn about what your, your latest project and just everything else that's going on in your world? Um, what's your, what's your handle on, um, on, on LinkedIn and um, where can people find you and, and your website and everything else? Um, actually, like, LinkedIn is the, the best way to reach me um, so far. Maybe I'm thinking this, this, uh, this year is um, actually you inspired me even more. I wanted to have my own podcast. Um, actually, a friend of mine is doing a, a podcast with me next weekend on what is sales past the pandemic and what people should be paying attention to because the pandemic has changed all of us. LinkedIn is the first to answer your question. LinkedIn will be the best place. But as I evolve and advance my my content creation and my go-to-market strategy on LinkedIn, I might consider the podcast. But anyone who wants to connect with me uh, through emails, uh, um, LinkedIn, even I'm willing to give my cell phone. So I'm open. So anyone wants to collaborate and talk to me, I'm I'm wide open. But uh, Denise, you inspire... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and to your point, I'd love to connect with you again. If, if, if you have more future topics that we both like to talk about, hey, I love to talk, awesome. as you can see. Yeah, I do. I love, I love talking with you. It's been such a really good time. It's, is there like any takeaways or just like any like final thoughts that you really want to like have people like have on their mind before we, we end? Like any final closing thoughts, like a powerful idea or a thought you know if you read my profile or my background i always talk about mindset so to me if you want to change your life if you want to do anything in your life start with your mindset and people talk about mindset a lot and what does it mean so to me the mindset is the project manager inside your brain that allows you to do things and manage things for you so if I want to accomplish anything, I have first to decide what I want to accomplish. I need to put together an a execution plan. I need to be consistent. I need to be stubborn on the mission, but flexible on the way to get to the mission. 
And the only way I can do all of these pieces together and make sure it's happening, if I have a good project manager inside my brain who will help me keep this on task. So the mindset is everything. I truly believe you control your mindset, you control your life. And uh, hopefully I'll never change this because that's what it's been helping me a lot. Awesome. Oh gosh, first, this has been such a really good talk. I'm going to put your uh, LinkedIn handle on the show notes below so people can connect with you. Cause I just definitely think like there is so much more to you than just this conversation that we're having. So thank you again so much. And I'm, I'm really looking forward toward our future conversations. Excellent, Denise. The same is here and uh, open to future conversations. And uh, I really enjoyed it. So um, I look forward to doing it again. Likewise. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.